0: Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 466. And today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad.
1: Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm kind of back.
1: Kind of. What do you mean? Well, I only
0: kind of left, right? I was still technically still a part of the last episode.
1: You know what, Mike? I thought our ad reads were pretty strong last episode. They were. That was (laughs) prime content.
0: We weave them
1: in. Very appropriately props to our editor for uh, knocking out that seamless Thank transition. You, Thank you Jim for uh, doing that but where I mean where were you last week like I tried to get a hold of you like I just had we to, we literally like, had a call conversation. In a favor. you can try mm.
0: you can try and style it out if you like but you know I wasn't yeah. around It was yeah, WWDC was, last week um, which was Apple's big tech conference. Uh, I was expecting a busy week. It was a very busy week so uh, Brad pitch hit for me. Is that what you call it? Pinch yes, hit. Yes,
1: I was uh, no. Um, yeah, we our, our guest pinch hit for you. I, okay. I was here as scheduled, and right. our guest pinch hit for you, which we're we'll talking about you in the moment.
0: Pinch hit for me as host. I
1: guess so. Yeah, I guess technically you're correct. Right. Um, so you know, one Ricky for you. Is that how it works?
0: Yeah, that's one Ricky point. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll tell the other mm-hmm. boys that you gave me one. <laughs> okay. uh, it was a great interview with Ben Walsh. I, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, What I'll say is I not only found the interview very interesting, I also kind of just enjoyed somebody not from America mm-hmm. in the conversation. That, that was that was like an, an extra point for me, you know, with Ben being in Ireland. I I don't know. There was just something about that where it was like, well, this is different because it's not like the every other voice that I hear. So I was... Right. I, I really enjoyed that discussion.
1: Right. I like to do that when we do the interviews. Like, we don't do interviews a ton on the show and we've talked about why millions of times. But, you know, when I get the chance, I want to do something a little bit different. And, you know... It wasn't like at the forefront of my mind, but like it's like, oh, cool. Ben's in Ireland too, and like I rarely talk to anyone from overseas when I'm just taking up the reviews, you know. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the interviews. So it was cool to um, to talk with Ben, kind of get his background because like he's pretty, you know. I've new, you know, to the scene, and I've only talked to him for probably over the past year, I guess. So I'm still really just trying to learn learn what he does. But he um,
0: feels like a bit of a mad scientist
1: yeah i got that after talking to him i realized like how just completely in the weeds he is with this right that's what you get out of these interviews like no matter like our emails like that doesn't come out my digging around the internet that doesn't come out you know it's the blowing up the microwave in your bedroom then it's like oh this is what you do and like that's normal (laughs) that's tuesday you know so yeah it was cool um I had a question about WWDC. If I can okay. show my noobishness nub- real quick, I have a I have a question, and then a and then a follow up that you may not be expecting, but it's 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 easy. So, this may not be the 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 place where like new Apple Pencil features get showed out, but was there anything in iOS fifteen that would improve or change any Apple Pencil um, Does, operations? I don't think so.
0: But what are you looking yeah. for that you don't have? My
1: question was, and it's not really that, it's more of, I got to thinking about this and I was like, oh, I want to ask Mike about the pencil because I didn't hear it come up saying that, you know, there's these other features, but I'm wondering why we don't have stationary companies that have apps that allow you to like test nib sizes. Like why don't Pilot or Pelican or Montegrappa or Sailor have an app for iOS for the iPad where you can go and like play around with their inventory Mm. And put different nibs on pens and kind of like fake write with well, them. Well, there's
0: nothing stopping them doing that. Like yeah. Apple have all of the tools available to a developer or a company. So why don't you? Make why don't you think like they that?
1: do that? I, why don't you think they do that? Like Moleskine, I mean, they're not really known for their pens, but they're just they're all in on iOS, right? So no one else is even as. Like technical support, and maybe they just don't. See, there's maybe they see it as no benefit. It's really what I'm asking for is a marketing tool, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not asking for like a real, you know, like, um, like Moleskine does, like real journals and real calendars and things like that. What I'm asking for is these companies to make marketing tools for me to play around with. So I don't know. It was just a thought I had. It would be cool to like build your own sailor and play around with this nib. And I agree. You yeah. Know, <laughs> do it like that. So yeah, I don't know. I was just wondering if like this is a thing that. I don't know. I wish I wish it existed, and I don't know. Maybe we'll see it one day, but I know probably only like the biggest of the big companies could
0: My put out feeling those resources. Would be that they wouldn't do it because either a they think they wouldn't be able to provide you the experience because you can't you know you can't mm-hmm. simulate what it feels like, right?
1: Yeah, Pelican. I mean, uh, Platinum UEF is not gonna work
0: on you're the pad, g- But you're, you're not gonna, gonna get the, image. Like, the feedback, which is part of it. But you could, as you say, like get an idea, you know, get an idea for what the nib sizes yeah. would be like. But I think the other thing is, um I don't know if it's if a lot of pen companies would consider it in their best interest to <laughs> uh show how good an, a digital experience could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't want to say like, oh, hey, you can get most of this uh, from a digital experience instead. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was just
1: something I was thinking about. It's like a fun toy, but really it's probably a waste of money for these companies to, to do unless they're doing something like more serious. But yeah, I'm with you. It was just a
0: thought I had. It would be fun to play with. But yeah. Well, I guess, you know, maybe you have a new project now. Mm, no, well, I, I have enough. I have you enough can be projects. A, That's an a no. App director, you know, someone can make this app. And you I mean, can just if Lami,
1: if Lamy hired me, oh, we're back I'm on it. that train again. Why? I'm always on that train. Like <laughs> that train has never left the station yet. Like, like we're just firing the coals in the engine. I, know, like, I don't want to have to do
0: another disclaimer at the end of the show. <laughs> oh my god, you remember that? That was yeah. wild. That was... So this is, we've spoken about it before, but this is one of those things that people who've listened to the show might have forgotten, or if you're new to the show, you might not know in the first place. Brad used to work at JetPens mm-hmm. many, many, many moons ago. Yeah, like and our at first year. At the end year. of the show, we used to have a disclaimer stating mm-hmm. the fact that Brad worked at JetPens, yeah. and they didn't sponsor the show. I don't even remember yeah. the, the, what the disclaimer said, but it was no, something along no. those lines.
1: No, it's pretty simple, but mm-hmm. like I obviously wanted to keep doing the show. That was one of the conditions. And they just said, well, let's do this disclaimer and everyone will be happy. Mm-hmm. I forgot, I totally forgot about that. Uh, what I didn't forget about, uh, Mike, was I made Twitch Partner last week.
0: Yes, you did. Didn't you? Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Can you explain to the audience what this means, though? Like why this is important?
1: It means I've reached the end game and now I can officially play the game. <laughs> So, I mean, important. Like, I don't know that I would ever say important, but it's it was a cool thing to do because it's kind of the the main category of the biggest creators on mm-hmm. Twitch. And now I'm not one of those. I'm not saying I am, but you get to this place called partner. It's basically you get your check mark to where you've shown that you have streamed enough time, streamed enough hours, streamed enough different days. Built a big enough audience yep. and had all of these metrics to say, "Hey, there's something cool going on here. We're basically going to give you that verification that this is like one of our main, like this is. I don't know what the, I tell like you the what terminology. It is. I, I
0: can maybe if P, I can give people some examples that they might be familiar with from other platforms. So okay, okay. it's it's a combination of like being verified. Mm-hmm. Which is one part of it, because you get a check mark next to your mm-hmm. name. You also receive more money, so your your um, ad revenue, the ad revenue and the subscription, you get a different split. You actually earn more. I didn't know mm-hmm. if you knew that actually. That's Correct. Not what I Republic did know that. Very well. I did know that. Yeah. Cool. And then also you get access to people at Twitch. Yes, so you get like a partner manager, so like that. There's like a mixture between YouTube and Twitter and like all those kinds of systems. Yeah. So it, it, you know, and also as well, you are considered, you know, you are in a single digit percentage of people streaming on Twitch. I I probably said this before on the show, anyway, and I I don't remember the exacts of this, but if you have like 50 people that watch you live, you're in like the top five percent of Twitch streamers.
1: Oh really. Yeah. yeah. So then to cool. get
0: to the numbers that you're at and then to get partnered it's like a fraction of that. So it is yeah. a big deal if you're a Twitch streamer to be a partner. Like it, it yes. feels like an important thing and also, you know, I've been following enough Twitch streams now like I see when when someone makes partner it's like a big deal. Which is why like mm-hmm. when you did your stream like I really wanted to be there last week yeah. to join for that because it is a big deal it's something to be celebrated it shows that you know your hard work is being recognized and I'm really proud of you.
1: Thank you, thank you. And I I did this on purpose, right? I made it a goal of mine and it took a couple years and we've executed it and now I'm committed to it. And now I've I've actually fallen in love I've fallen in love with it. Like I don't like it when I miss like the streams I have scheduled now. Yeah. Um just because it's a fun platform. The viewership has already ramped up since I've made partner. I don't know if I'm um, moved in the algorithm uh, a little bit differently, but I've I noticed like I've had some big jumps over the last several months, and another you know big jump. I mean for me that's you know ten or twenty average, but that's you know a big number when you're well, talking about hundred something. Well, but that's how you do this something.
0: stuff. You you chip away at it and grow over time. Right. I mean I've seen similar. Well, like right now when I when I started streaming, I would maybe get like fifty or sixty live listeners, and now mm-hmm. I can get. That live for you, I can get to like 200 pretty easy now. Yeah. Because yeah. as you move through the system, it like it continues to show you and recommend you to people. And when you're a partner, mm-hmm. you get that more. So people that are going to Twitch to find something to watch, which is a lot of people, it turns out. Yeah. May get recommended your channel as one to watch, especially in the kind of makers and crafting, which I assume is what you.
1: Yes. So now my next goal is to uplift all the stationary streamers in there that are really just kind of getting started. Yeah, um, there's some that have been doing it for a while, and like I just want to make that a bigger community on Twitch. Yeah, you know, we like we put out a petition to get like stationary tags and things like that. Which so. is
0: is similar to how keyboards have been yeah. growing too. That's, like it's a little industry and there's a few big people in it, but mostly people that are relatively small. But it's growing, and that's and a so great comparison a for thing. Twitch. <laughs>
1: those two yeah. yeah it's a great comparison um, so thank you everyone who helped me do that like I, yep. I couldn't do it without y'all showing up and hanging out during the it's stream a lot of so work. it's very very put, fun you it is. did a lot of
0: work like because you know I see the same stuff that you do right so Twitch right. shows you there are like achievements that you have to meet before they'll even consider you because they have like two systems one's affiliate one's partner affiliate's pretty automated like you stream enough times you get enough viewers you become affiliate and then you could start mm-hmm. making money but then mm-hmm. for partner you have to hit a bunch of uh, goals and then twitch review you to yes. see if they want to make you partner which makes sense because you know if you were saying a lot of uh bad stuff they don't want to make you partner right because right. that's twitch putting their stamp of approval on you as a creator and that's so right. they can't take it away too right um yeah. so it like, took
1: me twice to apply to yeah
0: to be approved and i'm not surprised because yeah some people do like what you had done, but they just like which is like they they uh cram it right. They just do a bunch yeah. of streams, fulfill all their commitments, and then stop when they get partner. And that's not what Twitch want. They want you streaming a lot, right? So they right. probably had to see your commitment to that, I guess. But so what I'm saying is, I see what it takes to do that, uh, and I don't want to put all the work in, in a <laughs> lot, of, you have to stream like every day for a period of time, pretty yeah. much like, and I don't really, I don't have the time for that. So I applaud mm-hmm. you for making the time for that because it's a big commitment.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to keep going. Like we're just, I feel like we're just getting started.
0: Good man. I love so, your streams, Brad. They are really good. Oh, thanks. We have
1: fun. Like it's, it's literally this, it's literally me. I don't put on a show. I just, I just be me and we have fun.
0: Should we take our first break?
1: I think so, because I don't know when we're going to take our next one, because we have a lot to talk about
0: today. All right. Let's talk about our friends over at Pen Chalet. They sell the products you are looking for, whether it's a rollerball or a fountain pen, a ballpoint, a mechanical pencil. Maybe it's a bottle of ink. Maybe you need some converters, a pen holder. What about a carrying case? doesn't matter what you need. Pen Chalet have got it. They're always adding new styles of pens every single month, and they're also doing tons of discounts too. You can get closeout specials every two weeks as well, so there's always something new being added to pen chalet, and there's always a great deal to be found on pen chalet. They have all of your favorite brands, and they give a 100% satisfaction guarantee on their products. They want you to be happy. If you're not, they'll sort it out. Pen chalet is done internationally. They have great shipping rates, and if you're in the U.S. You get free shipping on orders of over $50 as well. So go to penchalet.com. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict for this week's special offer and to get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time at Penchalet. Brad, what's Ron got for us this time?
1: So I have to I had to look this up. So the very first thing I I'm I'm still on it. It's it's called the D Charles Designs Leather Leather Pin Wipe, Non Refillable Pin Care Supplies, and it's a 50% off item on the site. And I'm like, what is this exactly? So I, I'm I've gone over to the page and it's basically something right up my alley. I'm like, oh yeah, I could use this. It's basically a case. That holds a chamois or several, you know, like the, you know, that soft kind of leathery material that's used to clean and dry things and, you know, to get off fingerprints, things like that. It's, and I'm one that's particular about like smudges and smears on my pens. Like I don't necessarily care about the nib, but I do, you know, if I have a pen that I can see my fingerprints on it, I'll get one of my eyeglasses cloths, like a Uh microfiber, which may not be the best thing. To wipe down the barrel and kind of polish it back up. So that's on, that's on there. That was really interesting. I like I said, I had to go look that up. Ooh, I don't know that I've ever seen a Binu on the Pinchelé that too. page. Those
0: colors and that shape is wild.
1: Yeah. So the the Briolette's one of the I think one of the original designs, or maybe in the second round of designs, it's a smaller. Bennu pen, the price is outrageous. If you like the outrageousness of their materials that Bennu uses, that's a really, really good deal to get into one of those pens and to try one out for the first time. So yeah, that looks that looks awesome. And then they have uh, one of the larger models, the uh, the Supreme, but they just have like a singular design on that. But the briolette has several several designs at a price that I've I've never seen the Benu pens before. And I'm a Bennu pen fan, and we're gonna have a new one. Uh, one of their new models coming out. We're going to have a review on that, on the penaddict.com soon. But I I am a fan of the Benu Pen. So yeah, definitely check those out.
0: All right. You should go and check this out for yourself right now. Go to penchalet.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict to see these wonderful deals and get that 10% code that you need to save anything at any time at Penchalet. Our thanks to our friends over at Penchalet for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right couple of news items
1: before we get to our main topic, and I'll, I'll go ahead and lay it out there. We're going to talk about my Monday update to the top five fountain pens between $100 and $200. That's going to be the bulk of our show today. But I couldn't help but put in a couple of, of short topics before then. Number one, I had to show you this, Mike. So yeah. I don't know how to explain this to our audio listeners. So you're going to have to go to the show notes for this. But yeah, the short versions. <laughs> you <laughs> you sound concerned about me adding this, but I had to do it um so there's an instagram account of a pen user the the instagram account is called like Nate Champion and if you click on this link, it is the wildest craziest pin stand that you've ever seen and I had no idea what is happening here and the story goes that like Nate Champion was talking about. Just, you know, telling a story about, you know, the dragon sitting on the pile of gold and someone sketched the dragon sitting on a pile of gold the way he was talking about it. Then the next thing you know, someone 3D printed the dragon sitting on the pile of gold and there is one, two, three, four pins, I think, sticking out of this thing. So there's this massive 3D printed <laughs> dragon. Um,
0: Where did uh, this come from? <laughs> I don't even know. It's a dragon, know. dragon on a pile of gold which has Mm -hmm. a bunch of pen caps sticking out of it. The Mm -hmm. dragon is wearing a cowboy hat and has a mustache. Mm -hmm. And there are two or three places on this sculpture to put pens on.
1: Yeah, I think it's a representation of what, like, Nate Champion's desk would look like as someone who is a very avid collector of pens. And this was the idea of what his desk must look like. Uh, So maybe he is the dragon. He is the dragon, and um, there's some really fancy pins <laughs> in this dragon. <laughs> you know, it's like Mont Blancs and uh, I that I can't two believe Mont somebody Blanc's. made yeah. this. Yeah, so this is three to it, – it's huge, right? Like, it's hard to get the scale of it, but these are not small pins that are in there, and like the pin in the dragon tail, it just makes me wonder how big this dragon really is. And this was a fun thing – to add to the show just because i think it's just a cool community thing that happened right Mm -hmm. like this is like no one's going to be able to go buy this um nor should you want to um but it's kind of perfect for the little stories that like nate champion you know was talking about his pens and This representation that someone had an idea to make this and the community, you know, someone else drew it and then someone else made it. And then now there's a dragon sitting on a pile of gold pen stand on someone's desk out there in our community. And I just think it's cool. I think it's really, really neat to see. It sure Um, is something, Brad. (laughs) It is something. It really is something. Do not send me a dragon (laughs) sitting on a pile of gold pen stand, (laughs) but I think it looks good on you. <laughs> that's my best. That's my best. Uh, best answer. What's it? What? What I do want to be sent to me, Mike. Yeah, is one of these Drillog pens. We've talked about yep. this a couple times. These the, are
0: the really wild looking dip pens, right?
1: But like needle tip dip pens, as yeah, opposed to with the, the kind of nib.
0: channels. They're like because it looks like they kind of put channels into it, which are really intriguing looking. We spoke about them on the show some time mm-hmm. ago. And they posted from their Twitter account and said, in order to deliver Duralog to the world, we are planning to launch a crowdfunding campaign outside of Japan. So we can naturally expect that they will have a Kickstarter campaign. uh, I'm guessing. And I am amped for it because they they posted some images and they've basically Mm. got what looks like a rainbow of these pens. I don't know what you call them pens, but yeah, I'm into this big time. I really hope that they... Also, do like I don't know, like a fancy bottle or something to go yeah. along with it. But yeah, I'm I'm into it, man. I can't wait for this.
1: Yeah, it's a highly engineered dip pen. If you yep. if you haven't heard us or clicked through these links, it's it's unlike anything you've ever seen. Like just imagine like a very engineered, you know, machined pen or mechanical pencil. But this is made to be something different for dip pen testing. Yeah, and they're very expensive. The only thing I'm not
0: sure about with these, right, is like looking at the images is mm-hmm. how high up they have to be held.
1: Yeah, because the dipped part of the nib is lengthy. It almost looks like the nib section, but that's actually where the ink is yeah, being reserved Yeah, basically to where continue I would working. typically
0: hold the pen, that's what you dip the ink in. <laughs> like,
1: right. So, and yes. even their handwriting image, you know, the person's holding the pen way back. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's interesting. Like, this is not a thing for everybody. This is something that I've wanted for a while. Cause this is, this is my level of pen nerdery. Um, but you know, they're probably going to be like $300 each or something, sure. something like that. And you know, I, I will be first in line just cause I, I want to try this and it looks like my type of product, but like this, I wouldn't rush into this if you're not really into this kind of thing. It's, it's one of those deals, but yeah, I hope they, um, I guess they've gotten some good feedback from, you know, their launch really just earlier this year. They opened their web shop and they shipped to Japan only. And I know a couple of people have gotten, you know, them their hands on them in, in other regions, you know, getting friends to ship them or using, you know, services, things like that. I haven't bothered to do that. I'm, it's it's okay. But now, yeah, I'll, I'll be in. So you can imagine we will be sharing this information when it goes live, Um, you know, on on however they decide to do it. I look forward to it.
0: Nice.
1: Big topic today, Mike.
0: All right. What we got?
1: I updated my top five fountain pens between $102 to $100 and this week on the blog. And I wanted to discuss it a little bit further and just go through what I'm thinking um, about some of the changes I made, some of the issues with this price range in general. Some of the regrets I might already be having. <laughs> that that's how these lists go, right? right let you,
0: can we start with why you needed to update this? <laughs> yes, and, and, and this why will... this is maybe a more significant update than you've done previously.
1: Yeah, and this will be a recurring theme of our conversation. A lot of pens that were on this list priced themselves out of the top range yeah. of the bracket, so there is. Several, there are several pins that are now that were previously in this list that are now above $200. Um, you know, the sailor 1911 being the primary one that is removed from this list. That's how long ago it's been since I've updated this. The 1911 hasn't been under $200 in two or three years, so it's been this was we were long overdue and update, right? And some of the other pins on this list in the new list are about to be out of this list too in probably another year or two because they're right on the edge. So that's gonna be the overarching theme here of this list. So let me go over I'm gonna
0: Can I ask you a meta question? Yes. That may be too much for now, but Mm -hmm. you know, as time goes on, is it potentially worth looking at actually changing the bracket?
1: Yes. Like I think we need probably a one fifty to two fifty bracket. Yeah. That because gives a better range.
0: Prices change over time. Like mm-hmm. markets change, you know. hmm So like a hundred to two hundred dollar pen ten years ago mm-hmm. would have been very different to now.
1: Right. So I don't know. And I think the bracket below that would be seventy five to one fifty. I don't know exactly though. I haven't thought it out that yeah. much because a lot of the eighty dollar pins are gonna be pushing up against hundred dollar yep. pins. I don't know. It might it might just need a hundred to a hundred and fifty. I think that's a completely separate category. So on my new list, there are no pins under $150 on this list.
0: I think that honestly like at some point answers your question then. Like having mm-hmm. a 75 to 150 and 150 to 250 mm-hmm. maybe makes more sense. But yeah, that's maybe that's more than this discussion today. Maybe that's for next time.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think it's part of the broader discussion of what's happening in this range in the market because I think this is the sweet spot, right? The one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollar range, I think, is the sweet spot for, I would say, mostly advanced users, right? Or or your second or third fountain pen type of user, right? You are getting, um. Great materials, great craftsmanships, craftsmanship, um, great nibs, great designs. These are like your these are like your first step up pens, right? Like you've tested like Twisby Ecos and Pilot Preras and Cavecos and things like that, and you you've like you like what you've seen so far in fountain pens, and I think this is probably the range I would send people to next. Now there's 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 things, you know, obviously between a hundred and hundred and fifty dollars that are great or things, you know, at eighty dollars that are great. And I think though this is kind of the best Value's the wrong word, but it's it's this is just such high quality offerings here that you almost don't have to go any further than this. This could be like the pinnacle range before you get into like specialty stuff and i think that's what this 150 to 200 bracket has so previously on this list we had the platinum 3776 the pilot vanishing point the pelican m205 the sailor 1911 standard um Did I say? Did I say Pelican M two hundred five? Yeah, Platinum thirty seven seventy six Sailor nineteen eleven Pilot Vanishing Point Lamy two thousand Pelican M two hundred five. The Pelican M two hundred five still prices itself in this range, but I think it's been usurped by some. Its price has gone up slightly,
0: and it's kind of I think something. it's less appealing compared to the stuff that you have on the list now. It feels I don't think like the Pelican uh, thing is a price thing. It's kind of just like yes, it's, it's maybe not as exciting as it used to be.
1: Right. Because it's super high quality, right? Yep. You will buy that pen we'll and you happy. will love that pen. Yep. 100%. And it, but it, to me, it's like a hundred 100 to $125 pen. That's what I want to spend for an M205. And that's kind of the range. And they're kind of bumping up a little bit, right? The standard ones are now 140. The limited ones are pushing 200. I just think these are, these are better pens, in, in my opinion. So, On that note, these are recommendations. This is if someone's coming to me and saying, let's talk about pens, and I'm looking to spend this much money, and these are the kind of things that I like, what type of pens should I be looking at? This is not necessarily my personal favorite list. It just happens to be, as I wrote in the article on Monday, that a lot of these do happen to be my favorite pens. So, number one, I kept the Platinum Thirty Seven Seventy Six. I don't know how long it's going to be on this list, Mike. We've seen so many companies raise their prices, Platinum being one of them, mm-hmm. generally on the more limited edition pens, but the 3776 is creeping up. When I bought my first 3776, I couldn't have paid much more than $100 for it. And then when I bought my second 3776 to get a broad nib that I could get an architect nib ground onto it, it was yep. about 140 I think 140 150. And then I just recently bought a rhodium trim chartres blue with an ultra extra fine nib. That's like $200, right? Then you're you're kind of ticking over or right at, you know right in that range uh $200, but you can still get the base 3776 for $175. So, I felt fine keeping it there. It was number 1 before, it's number 1 now because I think it's the best writing experience really just uh about across the board on any price point, any range. It's my favorite nib. It is a nib that, if you don't like fine nibs, you can go up to a medium or a broad and still have a spectacular experience. Mm. Um, You know, it's expensive. It took me a while to get to the 3776 all those years ago when I was paying $100 for one because I thought the barrel was a little light. Right, it's um, it is
0: light. It is like yeah. I have so I I have two right, and mm-hmm. the one that I have that's closest to what we're talking about is the uh, nice lilas, the purple one with the gold trim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I think I don't remember the exact price of this, but it may have pushed it out. But this one doesn't. It isn't that different, right? To to what we're talking about here. At least yes, acrylic body, and yep. it is my my only criticism of this pen, which is otherwise a just superbly great pen is the body is, there isn't, the balance to it isn't right. It's too light.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Like Maybe the acrylic's too thin. I don't know what's going on with it, but it feels lighter than other pens that I have. Like, it feels lighter to me than a um, uh,
1: 1911 does. Yeah, yeah, so you kind of feel, there, I, I won't say that they're fragile, right? They're they're not at all. But they are lighter than comparable pens mm-hmm. in this range. And they're way lighter than several of the other pens I'm going to talk about in this new list. You know, not all of them. But, you know, when you're getting into different acrylics, these are just, you know, straight machined plastic. And, you know, it it honestly, years and years ago, I thought it like, ah, this just doesn't feel great. It feels kind of cheap. But what happened is the nib continued to set itself apart and then I adjusted to these lighter barrels and it turns out that's kind of my favorite barrel weight to begin with, you know, that goes into the Nakayas with it that just feel like air. That's a completely different category, but it's the same type of feel when you're writing with it. And it turns out with my fine nib writing, um, it's, it's great. So, you know, I, I, I still feel that that's the number one recommendation in this list. Now, there's always caveats, like we're saying, it's a light pen. Not everyone might like that. Well, then you go into what I really think is the area. It's really these next three pens on the list that are showcase the change that we've had in the market over the last few years. So, number two, I put the Leah Leonardo Memento Zero Slash Fiore. That's um. I'm going to continue to say Memento Zero because that's the model. Can I ask you a quick question mm-hmm. about mm-hmm.
0: the 3776 before oh, we continue? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yes. The standard nib, is it gold? Yes. Yeah, see, that's one of the things that really, like in this price bracket, I think, Right. makes, sets this pen out. I believed it was, but I wanted to double check. Just because that's so rare. Yes. To get a gold nib pen at this price range, I mean, it's probably one of the reasons the body is light. I wouldn't be surprised yes. if they cheap out on the body a little bit so I can offer you the gold nib at that price.
1: Yep. Yep. So it's um, definitely one of the reasons why it doesn't get dock points for the barrel because of the nib material. Like the and, nib, and it is, is just really, worth really noting
0: great. that the platinum nib is mm-hmm. one of, if not the best nib that you can buy in a pen that you know in in uh, general sale. Yep.
1: Agree. Agree completely. So yes, that's. Um, there's only two gold nibs. On this list. There yeah. could be more. We're, we'll we'll talk about that um at the end. But this next group is a more modern group. So the Leonardo Memento Zero slash Fiore. Those are just different barrel shapes, right? One's a, a tapered, a flat tapered top, and the other ones are a torpedo shape, but they're mm-hmm. generally around the same price. That's just a preference aesthetic preference. Um I'm gonna refer to the Memento Zero because that's my favorite model. Uh number three, the Diplomat Arrow, which is uh, torpedo shape, but a metal, a fluted metal barrel pen. And then the esterbrook Esty, which is more along the lines of the Leonardo Memento Zero, just in like the wild acrylics and the barrel shape, general shape. All of these are steel nib pens. They're generally all Yovo nibs. Leonardo's uses Bach from time to time as well. They all perform exquisitely out of the box these are more of the pens that a lesser experienced fountain pen user would absolutely fall in love with any of these three pens if they Uh fit their needs where Uh the diplomat arrow is different because it's metal and it's slightly heavier the leonardo memento zero and the esterbrook sd are colorful and bright Or you can get, you know, you can still get some all black models on there, but I'm generally talking about the the fun colors. They all write perfectly. They're all in the same like 150 to 180, maybe up to 199 price point, right? The Leonardo Memento Zero, I think when it first came out was around 140, 150. They're up a little bit, maybe around 160 for the base, and then 199 if there's, you know, maybe some material, some hardware changes. The Diplomat Arrow is about 180 for the base model. Um, and you can get it in all kinds of different anodized colors that are just fantastic. And the esterbrook SD is like 150, 160 range. And it's just a great acrylic material, Yovo nib. It has kind of less hardware styling than the Leonardo. That's why I like, I think the machining and the the craftsmanship on the Leonardo is a little bit a, a step up from the SD. that's why I rank them in that order. Right, but they're all spectacular pens. Like, I I really kind of group these together, even though they're a little bit different between the three.
0: The only one I struggle with, actually, can you guess? Oh, uh, the arrow. Yeah, I don't. I really don't like the design of the arrow. Like, I, I I don't just like not like it. I like actively dislike it. Really, that's interesting. Yeah. I
1: didn't know that. I didn't know that about you. I actively like it, and it actively speaks to a lot of people, right? Like it is one of those pins you you show it to someone and they pick it up and they feel it or they see it for the first time and they're like, "Oh, I get it." It's not for everyone. It is Maybe absolutely it's a bit not of, for everyone.
0: Of a love it or hate it kind of pen. I don't know. I I, I don't mean to be mean, but like it has no redeeming quality for me.
1: Mm, that's interesting. Do you have you don't have many metal barrel pens in general, right?
0: Uh, is that a
1: recurring thing fountain pen wise? Is that a recurring theme for you? Like I don't what, have a
0: lot, but it feels like I, I honestly I feel like the reason that I don't have a lot is they're just in general tends to be fewer. Mm-hmm, I yeah. feel like most fountain pens are not metal, but I do have some.
1: Yeah. So you make, you make a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty lightweight though. It's very different than the arrow, I would say. I,
0: I tell you, so like I don't like the ridges in the arrow. I don't mm-hmm. like the end finial on the back. And mm. uh I don't like the clip.
1: I love the end finials and I love the clip. Mm. That's interesting. I didn't know we were this far apart on the arrow. Like I didn't know apart. you had I didn't know you actively dislike the arrow. Yeah, I
0: really don't. <laughs> the, the, the The diplomat is like a pen I walk by at a pen show you know it yes. just it doesn't yeah, yeah, do yeah. it for me, but I look at it and I understand it's its place, and I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean like I yeah. know that this is the type of pen that some people would really like the look of I get that i right. it's just not for me
1: right so the way I have this list set up is when I'm having these conversations, we talk about these options and the arrow is a very different option than something like the Leonardo Memento zero. As far as feel Mm -hmm. and aesthetic goes, I I need a
0: Leonardo. I I can't believe I still don't have one Mm -hmm. considering how much you've rated them the last couple of years. Like it seems like they just continue to creep up. Like I wasn't surprised to see that a Leonardo made this list Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah.
1: And like it's a completely different pen than the Arrow. And so is the SD. Mm-hmm. And I think the Arrow belongs here because I have seen so many people get the Arrow and be blown away by it. Right. And the way it's built and the quality of the writing experience is always excellent. And I think it belongs, like, I, I don't even question that it belongs on this list, put it that way. But that's how these lists go. So, I mean, people hate the Platinum 3776. It's it's just gonna happen, yep. right? But we're trying to narrow down of the focus from someone who's trying to learn about these things, and not you got to remember it. You know, not all of these things are applicable to how you write or what your For aesthetic sure. is and things like that. Which is why you know you don't like the arrow, and that's that doesn't mean. All right. That let you're me wrong. just say
0: I'm looking at cult pens now because they have a a big, um. Selection of arrows, big a big quiver, and there are some on here that I do like. Like they have yeah. a matte silver one, which is nice. Mm-hmm. They also have one called Fire, a uh, flame, which is like that torched, right? Um, and I, I, you know what? I actually, I can get on board of those. What I think I don't like is when they break up the color. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that bothers I got me. You.
1: Yeah, so I just bought the black stripe one. I don't know if that's the name of it, but that's what I'm calling uh-huh. it. I don't have it yet. It was it's like a pre order with Penchelé, right? Um, that I bought for my personal use, right? Like I paid you know the full price and used our Penn Chalet code, right? That's what I think about the Arrow. Now that's a more expensive model. That's a premium Arrow that is not in this category, you know, because it was over two hundred dollars. But they have a large amount of variety, mostly just in color in. The standard one hundred eighty dollars. Oh yeah, model. here
0: they all are on Pensionly, too. I just googled yeah. it and it took me to Colt Pens first. <laughs> well, if there are cause, some... because, Maybe because you're in the UK. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Colt Pens buy a ton of search ads now.
1: Ah, that's <laughs> uh, that. What's W. H. Smith? You know, yeah, got to get that corporate. Yeah got to get them like, corporate seos I just, I
0: just googled diplomat pen and the first uh, result was called pens <laughs> <laughs> so yeah all right, this all right, what i'll say is i will retract my statement in saying there are some here that i do like but when they have just a solid color i don't like it i don't know why yeah. i like it when they mix I, it up a bit i
1: don't think you have to retract anything mm-hmm. you don't know any one explanation like this is one of those things that I, I definitely believe in and, and definitely needs to be stated more is like, we don't all have to like the same stuff. It's okay. Like, it's no. going to be okay.
0: <laughs> I tell you, you know, one, my other big surprise on your list is mm-hmm. that the Lamy 2000 still fits in this price bracket.
1: <sighs> that was the hardest part of this list. Um, not only that, it, it, it barely fits in the price bracket. Do you know what the US price is for these, Mike? Go on. One hundred ninety nine dollars and twenty cents.
0: They're doing it perfect, but I, I assume it's on purpose, right? They're doing it. Like, on purpose. I think it's worth it. I do. I know it's tricky because there can be issues with this pen. Yeah, but for for that price, if you get a good one, and look, you go with a good uh company, buy from mm-hmm. uh, from one of our friends like pen Mm-hmm. If you get one that's not writing correctly, it can be rectified, right? Right. If you get a Lamy 2000, as it is intended, I actually don't think you can get a better pen in that price bracket.
1: I I agree. And I have a little personal, you know, problem with the Lamy 2000. I was trying to not let that cloud my view of what it is and what it offers and how, like, just generally amazing the pen is. And I, I never use mine Right, because I like all of these other pins on the list better. And I almost wanted to put the Pilot Custom 91 or 74 ahead of it, because they're both gold nib Pilot pins that are great, and they're around 160. Um, but you are hard-pressed. Like, look, the Lamy 2000 has a piston filler, a gold nib, an exquisite design, cool materials, Somehow it stayed under two hundred dollars, so it goes on the list until it doesn't. Yep. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, like it's just that much of a classic value pen. Like even at that price, what you get you can't compare it with hardly anything. So it it stays on the list. That was that was how I shook out on
0: breaking down this it's so special like because what is it it made out of again macrolon it's called macrolon when you hold that pen it's it feels very different it really does does. it's a special pen
1: it it's one that makes you go ooh, okay like this is different right it 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 is different from the four pens above it in that aspect Mm -hmm. the other four pens you pick them up you go oh this is a fountain pen the lamy 2000 you pick it up and you go oh this is different right that's i think that's the difference there and it it stays on the list it's an awesome pen i still recommend it it has gone up what $60 in mm-hmm. probably the last 3 4 years um you know it, it's it's interesting every one of these pens all have an upgrade model to them right the platinum thirty-seven seventy-six, you can get the same shape and design in these limited colors and additions like you were talking about, the the Nisley nice loss that you had. The Leonardo Memento Zero and Fiore, well they have Memento Zeros with piston fillers that you know mm-hmm. raise the price and you can get gold nibs on all of these pens like the Arrow. The Arrow has different materials, different shapes, different colors that raise the price. The SD, you know, has like the Gold Rush and the, the Diamond Cast stuff and they have the Journal or Nibs options. The Lamy 2000 is just the Lamy 2000 and that's what it is. I mean, they have their limited editions and they have the stainless steel editions, but you almost never hear about them. The Lamy 2000 is just the the Lamy 2000. It's been around for 55 years now because it's the Lamy 2000, right? right.
0: So, but I still I, stand by the fact that it is a pen that pen addicts should own. If you don't have one, put it at the top of your holiday list. Would be my recommend. If you've never, if you never tried it, obviously, if you try it, and you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Fine, but the Lamy 2000, I think, is a superb pen. Yes,
1: as little as I use it, I would never not own it. Yep. So it's just, that's where I'm at in my personal library of pens. It's like, mm-hmm. I have to have the Lamy 2000 and I bet I, I, it's been well over a year since I've used it. All these other pens, well, not the Arrow. So the Arrow I'm having, basically replacing, Um, I, I don't know what I did with my original Arrow. I think I maybe sold it or gave it away years mm-hmm. ago. And I've I've bought this new one to replace that because I miss it. And like I I've had like the orange ones pass through my hands, and I was like, it's such a good pen. Like I always I give I tend to give them to other people or use them as giveaways because they're just kind of cool that way. Um, the Leonardo Memento Zero I use all the time. The SD I use all the time. The Platinum thirty seven seventy six I use more than probably all these other pens combined. So this is a great range. Mm. Now there's a couple. God, there's more than a couple more things I want to talk about. Well, then we take our
0: second break. Okay. Okay. And we'll come back to this discussion then. Okay. Give you a moment to collect your thoughts. Good. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business from websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics. Squarespace has got it all and they've got you covered. They combine cutting edge design and world-class engineering to make it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything that you need to create a really wonderful, super modern, beautiful website. They give you all of the tools just built right into the system. You start with one of their professionally designed templates. You use drag and drop tools to make it your own. And then you can really kind of dig in and customize the look and feel, the colors, the fonts and everything to make it feel like your own. And just in a couple of clicks, all this can be done. Even the products that you have on sale with the store that you can put on your Squarespace website, just a few clicks and you can get everything set up and changed as you need. Their websites are all optimized for every type of display, small and big and everything in between. You get unlimited hosting, top of the line security and dependable resources to help you succeed. You don't have to patch or upgrade anything. You don't have to do any of this tech support stuff. They do it all for you and also have 24-7 customer support. So if you need help, They're on hand. Squarespace really do have everything you're going to need. You want a domain name? You can get it from them. You want SEO tools? They got it. Email marketing? Yep. Squarespace can help you turn your big idea into a new website. They have beautiful portfolio designs for you to showcase your work. You can publish your next blog post, promote your business, announce an upcoming event, and so much more. It's all there. It's one of the reasons why I love and have used Squarespace for so long. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can get a free trial today with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash penaddict. And then when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. And you'll be showing your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for continued support of this show and all of Relay FM.
1: So we have a question in the Discord that's gonna uh-huh. lead us into the rest of this conversation. It's from Logan. Is the one hundred to two hundred dollar range a bad entry point now? Like sub one hundred for the entry and upgrade to over two hundred. Uh one hundred, two hundred was never a good entry point, right? I'm never gonna start anyone there with like their first fountain pen, maybe even their second fountain pen, right? We're gonna spend less than fifty dollars to to start and then we're gonna upgrade probably into like the one fifty range, one fifty and up range. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of how I picture it in my head for someone who has who emails me and say, "Hey, I'm generally new to this. I I have these these likes and preferences. What should I do? Right? We're starting below fifty um, to to begin with, but what we're seeing is a bigger change in the overall market to where I, it used to be hard to pick out pins in the fifty to a hundred dollar price range, and it still kind of is, but we're getting into where that's going to be a popular price range. And then the upper 100s, which is most of this list that I just shared a minute ago is, and I don't know really what's in the 100 to 150 range because at that price, you're, you're spending a lot of money. That's a lot of money and people go, well, if I'm going to spend that much money, I want a gold nib, right? So then that pushes them up over 150. And I think they would almost be happier there. That's where pens like the pilot, Custom 74 and 91 are, and they probably should be on this list. Like, I would, you know, it would be a chicken move if I put like five A, B, and C on there. Yeah. Like, but I, I don't know. Do they slot in above the Estee or in place of? I don't know. I like, I, I don't know. The, I think it's, the Estee is a
0: good move because it, I mean, they are a sponsor of the show, right? But mm-hmm. so well, take it's also. It's
1: also one hundred and fifty-six dollars, right? It's like it's the lowest price one on this list.
0: Is an affordable way to get a good pen that takes cues from a style of pen design which is very attractive and Instagrammable.
1: It's very modern. It's a very very modern pen. Yeah. Not that the seventy fours and ninety ones aren't. Those are great workhorse pens. And not that these pens aren't, but it's it's really hard to differentiate. Like, if you're going to argue that the 91 and the 74 belong on this list, you're not going to get much of a pushback from me. Like, probably none. I'll just say, yeah, maybe so. Like, that, I love those pens. I like these pens better, and I would recommend these. Um, I would feel safer recommending these pins that I have in the top five, yeah. but like I'm not going to put up hardly an argument at all because I think those are fantastic pins.
0: I think the thing that surprises me about your list this time is the brands represented. Mm-hmm. It's very different. I feel like mm-hmm. Lamy is the only quote unquote big international brand on the list. Because platinum maybe
1: put plat- platinum is platinum way is smaller than yeah. I mean it's Japanese big three, but out of the big three, they are fractional compared. I to... I feel Island like Sailor.
0: platinum hasn't broken out of Japan as much as Sailor, and especially as much as Pilot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, into kind of like international uh, household brand.
1: I will say this: Platinum's. Very, very entry-level pens, you know, the, the Preppy mm-hmm. and the, the Plaisir and the Procyon, I'm forgetting all the names, Um, are exceptional, right? Those are difference, difference makers, but there's nothing in the middle,
0: really, with Platinum. But also, as well, as as fantastic as they are, they still don't get the kind of, like, the entry-level pens. I don't think that they get the kind of placement that of so the competitors do. But anyway, my point was really that I think that was the thing that really surprised me about this list is it doesn't feature a lot of brands that people coming to The Pen Addict for the first time would recognize, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. And that brings me into another topic and why I didn't change the notes section on this is 150 to 200 is where a lot of our custom makers that we talk about a lot on this show fall for their entry-level pens. And how do I determine whether they should be on the list, you know, I get a lot of emails saying, well, Edison should be on the list or Franklin Kirstoff should be on the list. And, like, you, literally every pin maker has, like, a great pen in this price range.
0: Yeah, I, f- I feel like that there is, and I think we've spoken about this before, an enthusiast top five. Yes.
1: right. So I think that is a completely separate category than the question I'm trying to answer here. Right. I'm trying to make this as approachable as possible Mm -hmm. and focus on more widely available pins. Yep. And if you like this, oh, let me show you what primary manipulation looks like. You know, or let me show you some other maker that might have a style that you like. You know, let me show you a Franklin Kristoff Model 45. You need, a, you want a pocket pen that's in this price range? We can do that. You know, and you want it to look cool? Yeah, we can do that. You know, so it's, yep. it's, that is harder to weave into this list to where it's a separate list completely. And I don't know that it should ever be a list, and I fight this. People want me to make a list of the, in, as you call the enthusiast's pins. I call them maker's pens. And I, my answer is I'm not going to rank my friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You are my best friend today. You got to number one.
1: Because I know all these people and they're close friends of mine.
0: Yeah, I also think that there is a... You could start getting into a conflict of interest kind of area here, too. Yeah. Because these are the maybe the brands that can most easily send you things. Right. Right. It's right, like, right. hey, Brad, maybe this should be number one.
1: Right. Right. But, you know, I also like when you look at, at the list I do have published, like I hopefully have, you know, and established that I will tell it like it is. Like I have basically ripped platinum manu on, on this show about their price points for their limited editions but I will still rank this pen number 1 because I objectively I think it is that doesn't you know mean that you know platinum is flawless in my mind um you know and you can just take that down the list completely but when you're getting into the maker pens it's I have different relationships and you know well then the question is well just make an alphabetical list well I don't. Then I have more than five people that I that should be counted in that list. And then all of a sudden, I now have a directory of makers. And it's like, what am I trying to accomplish here? Right? I I think I'm, it's kind of a no win situation for me to try to rank that. So I try to keep this as a, as your more entry points or your beginning points or your leveling up points. Then we can talk on a one to one level about, hey, I want something different. And then that's where we can have the conversation about going to Franklin Kristoff and Edison and Brooks and you name it. Everyone out there that I'm forgetting and will get yelled at, which is why I don't make the list. (laughs) So the big picture takeaway I had in all this is that the price brackets are definitely changing. They are for a fact changing and that I think that's going to affect how I do this list long term. I don't know that there is um, value in having $100 to $200 Priceless because I don't think that's the correct representation um of what the market is right now. I think it's the market is really, really awesome from like 150 to 250 dollars. You would never ever have to get out of that range for your life if you wanted to. Right. These are we we gotta remember these are extremely expensive pens, right? you know it relatively speaking all of these pens are like not necessities they're extremely expensive but when you go above this level you're paying for things that aren't necessarily you know the the performance and the quality and the Q, QC. you're paying for the the extra bling factor in in different things mm-hmm. uh, after this price range and then below this price range is where you try to figure out what you like like do i like this style of nib or that style of nib or this type of barrel or that type of barrel. So, I think this is the best range, but I think the range is really probably 150 to 250. And then I would I would be hard-pressed not to have the 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 Pilot 912. Like it probably won't be number 1, but it I might have to think about that pretty hard. Big list. Big list. It could change tomorrow, but I, I've been, I mean, I think the community as a whole has been talking about this for the past year or two. There's really like, if you say your budget's $180, that the world's pretty much wide open to you. You can get so many cool pins in that price range and not have to spend more and have your new favorite pen. Like I really, I'm a huge, huge fan of this range because of where I personally am with my collection mm. is like, I have more expensive pens. Like I'm, I'm covered there. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I don't really necessarily look at like the ultra expensive pens anymore because I enjoy my Leonardo Memento zero just as much as those. And it was you know, $140 when I bought it. Right. Like to me, there's, there's, that's how good these pens on this list are in my opinion.
0: It bums me out to say it's not in this bracket anymore though.
1: I mean, do you want to go another five or ten minutes in this show? Because we can. Yeah. We've done it before. Like, like I've had this conversation. I don't know where these price points are going. And at what point do are we going to hit a tipping point to where there's pushback? I, I don't know how I'm going to see it. And I follow this stuff pretty closely. But when your base sailor's... Like 280. I don't know what we're trying to accomplish here. From when I say that, I mean from like a pen addict perspective, from a me telling you about pens perspective. But if Sailor North America is making money, maybe I'm wrong. But I don't understand what we're doing here. What is Sailor is is Sailor strictly an enthusiast brand now? Is Sailor strictly a high end brand now? Are they positioning themselves differently? Platinum brings me up from kindergarten to graduate school. Sailor doesn't do that. Pilot does. I. Sailor tries, but they failed. They're, Sailor's low end has, has been a failure in the general sense of competition compared to Platinum and Pilot. No one talks about Sailor entry-level pins. Sailor starts at 280 to me because they have consistently failed everything below that.
0: Mm.
1: But what they offered for 280 not that long ago was half of that. I mean, like, six years ago. Like, you used to could get a Pro Gear Slim or a 1911 for under $150, $160. Mm-hmm. Sometimes close to 100 And I'm trying to figure out. I don't think about it too much because I don't, like, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't care. But it's like I have choices, right? And I've gotten all my sailors, right, at what I thought were fair prices at the time and I'm thrilled with what I have and what they're offering me now is uninteresting relative to price Mm. pin relative to price. Right. It's like, I have this and I paid, you know, some cases 40 and 50% less. So how are they going to acquire the new market? Are they keep, is there, has their market scope really, really shrunk? based on how they price their most popular pens. I don't know. These are I, this is the stuff that rattles around in my head. I don't know. It sucks that they're not on this list anymore. Flat out. I hate it because they're one of my favorite brands. I don't know when I'll buy my next Sailor.
0: What is re- what are you going to at retail now? Uh like 280 uh, for the Slim. Is that but is that how much you pay though? Yes. That's okay. the, that's cuz the MSRP the is like, price? like
1: 3 Three thirty, three forty, and then the MSRP for the that's difficult for the big one is four eighty. So it's like three ninety.
0: I think two fifty is fine. I think two eighty <laughs> might be too much.
1: Mm-hmm. So, but if they keep mu- making money, who who are we to? Who are we? You know, I I just don't know if they are, and I never will.
0: Well, that's always the um. Uh, demand, right?
1: Right, right. So right now they still have the demand, I think. But I think but you, there's a the few more questions demand, now right? Like this is
0: how sales work. You, you've The only way you're going to know if people will pay the price is if you keep up in the price until they stop paying and then you adjust. And mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with this practice. It's just, it's just how you do it, right? If you... I, I agree. I just want to be clear.
1: I agree 100%. Yeah. If they think they need to raise the price or if they want please, to. Please do. If they need to. They, like, yeah.
0: do whatever they want.
1: They're a business. I have no argument with that. Yeah. But now my my math is different. Yeah. In my course. purchasing.
0: But that's one of the things of like, you can make, and it's a phrase I use a lot, but you can make it up in volume, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you put your prices up by 20% and 10% of your customers won't buy anymore, will you still making more money?
1: I think the bigger thing that has me worried is like, you know thinking about tomorrow like they did this what's next like is this price now frozen for five years no there might be another increase next year like the, I, I feel like that's the path we're on that's what has me more worried than like today's price is mm. is precedent
0: well we'll see what this list looks like in a couple of years time <laughs> that's probably what I'll update it again yeah <laughs> I'm looking think, at the rest though, of these lists now and going, "Oh my
1: gosh, I'm, these need to be updated." I still
0: suggest that you should do 75 to 150 and 150 to 250.
1: I think it actually might be more broken down than that the way like the market's expanded, right? We yeah. didn't have Leonardo's and Diplomats and Esther Brooks 5 years ago, right? So now there's more options. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad we have these options. I'm glad we have. That I'm recommending
0: you gerrymander, right? So you can get certain (laughs) pins in the lists. It is more just like uh, if the market changes, then the 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 kind of the parameters need to change a little bit.
1: Agree. There's been an an expansion of offerings in these price ranges that are not currently accounted for. Yep. So I don't think it's gerrymandering.
0: All right, I think that's it for today. All right, I knew it was going to be a big discussion. You were like, "Oh, it'll be five <laughs> or ten minutes." I was like, no way. <laughs> Not only is there a lot to talk about, this is like literally your favorite thing to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I like. I always i I feel like I don't do it in a clear, distinct, well, this isn't direct a clear, fashion.
0: This isn't clear. That's why there is no c- clear to this. Right? Okay. It's complicated. I always
1: feel I always feel bad that I've just rambled and just talked uh, in circles when we talk about this stuff. But like I, it interests me. Like it interests me a lot. Clearly,
0: <laughs> you can find links to the stuff we've spoken about today at relay.fm slash penaddict slash four six six, and they should be in your podcast app of choice. You should catch Brad when he streams, which is basically all the time at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Go there, press follow, and you'll be notified when he goes live next. Uh, you can find Brad on Instagram. He is penaddict Dowdyism on Twitter. Go to penaddict.com, knock dot co, spokedesign dot com. Oh, I didn't even mention this. Uh but you go to Cortex Brand uh, no dot will also take to the same place. But we now are doing subscriptions for the theme system journal. Oh nice. I That's don't even think great. I told you about this. You uh, didn't.
1: We always talked about that in the in the early days in growth days of the brand that yes, it's just only launched. made sense. Good. It's
0: We're very much in a beta process at the moment because you know both us and Cotton Bureau are kind of working this out as we go along a little bit because this mm-hmm. is the first time Cotton Bureau have offered this. Uh, but you can buy one and then you get entered into basically a quarterly shipping schedule. And it's a Good. fixed shipping schedule. This is the way that we're dealing with it, right? Because yes. if you bought one and then we just shipped you one every three months or so, that would be fine, but that would be a nightmare for management. Mm-hmm. So you buy one and it tells you on the page when you'll get your next one. And then you, from then you'll make sure we'll make sure that you have one before the start of every quarter so that, you know, okay. you'll have one before first of October, first of January, that kind of thing. Um, and it says on the website, when you, when you go on the theme system journal page, you kind of get an idea of it. Um, yeah, we're trying this out and we're going to see how it works. Uh, it's cheaper. If you subscribe, so the, instead of twenty five dollars, it's twenty dollars per time, and we also include some little extras, stickers and stuff that only subscribers get. So you can check That's that great. out at cortexmerch uh, It could be a good option. Uh, might talk about this more in the future once I've actually once we've actually gotten a sense for uh, how this thing is working. You know? Okay. Cool. Uh, so yeah Theme System Journal you can go to themesystem.com as well if you want to learn more about it brand new website which I also haven't spoken about on the show because I'm terrible <laughs> I suppose maybe it's good I talk, we talk about it enough on Cortex if you listen there you get, you know what's going on mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm Mike I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter and Instagram Mike.live for Twitch streaming thanks so much to Pench and Squarespace for the support of the show but most of all thank you for listening until then say goodbye Brad Dowdy goodbye Brad Dowdy